Welcome to the house, everyone. Tacos. Now, I'm ADD, y'all, so like, I can't stop thinking about tacos right now. We should have never said that. We should have never said that. Welcome, though. As Amory said, once you come in those doors, you are family immediately. And that's what we aim to do here, is build a family in San Francisco. Amen? Well, we have been going through, it started about a month ago. We began this journey of, we started talking about lingering in the presence of God. And something shifted that Sunday. And ever since, we've been on a detour that's been taking a bit longer than we initially thought. And we actually just feel like we're going to camp here for a bit longer. We've spent the past couple weeks talking more about Holy Spirit. And so this week, what I'm going to aim to do is just scratch the surface, literally scratch the surface on spiritual gifts. This is going to be weeks to come as well. We're going to be unpacking these as we go. There's some exciting things that are going to be taking place next month in August as well to help you gain a better understanding of these and unpack them and understand how you can actually use your gifts if you're not operating in them yet. Sound good? Yeah. Very cool. So last week, Holy Spirit, we spoke about the one thing that I really, I think I would say emphasized last week was all throughout the Old Testament, we saw instances where the Holy Spirit, remember, ascended for a moment and empowered someone, he equipped somebody, but it wasn't until Jesus that the Holy Spirit ascended and he remained. He came down and he remained on Jesus. And that same promise, that same gift of heaven is the same gift that's available to us today. A person. He is the gift of heaven. He equips us and with him in our lives as we live our lives with Holy Spirit, step by step in sync in this rhythm of grace that we call life. We experience these fruits of the Spirit and they're displayed through our lives of us living with him. And then there's the gifts. We barely even touched it last week. But I did mention last week, if we've received these gifts, that we should be operating in them. We should be administering in these gifts. I'm going to kind of disclaimer right off the bat. I'm already like super pumped about this. <laughs> this is like our wheelhouse, you guys. So you got to understand, this is like, Whenever people ask me, what are you passionate about? I'm like, I'm passionate about you guys. But what I'm passionate about is when this switch goes off and you understand that, yes, you hear from God. That, yes, it is you that carries the presence of God with you everywhere you go. That it is, yes, that God wants to give you dreams and visions and words of knowledge. That God wants to move miraculously through you. Yes, you, regardless of what your past looked like, right? Regardless of your training or lack thereof training, regardless of how you feel this week, regardless of what went on, God wants to move through you. And I love this because God recently gave us some three words for house. Going into this new season we call house, kind of house version 2.0. We've been doing church for two years and it's been amazing to see God build a family and establish a culture and a foundation here in the city. But this next level is God wants to do something bigger, amen? He wants to take us to a new place so he could reach the rest of the city and beyond. And the three words that he gave us was be, grow, and thrive. That house is a home in San Francisco for welcoming the city home where they can be, 
grow, and thrive. Spiritual gifts are right in this, right in the thick of it. They are part of us growing as believers in our walk. Not just growing, but thriving. Because when we're operating in our gifts and who we're called to be, we're going to see that we're going to be thriving in life. It's not just in our spiritual life. It's going to overflow. It's going to overwhelm into every arena of our lives, every sphere of our lives. We're going to see this. So a little, little kind of fine print as well as we kind of go and we spearhead into this today. Spiritual gifts are not the same as natural talents. Sorry to burst anyone's bubble. God uses both. He absolutely uses both. However, gifts are imparted by the Holy Spirit. See, they're divine abilities that enable us to build into the body of Christ and into believers, and to administer, I love this, God gave this to me yesterday, to administer God's, I'm like pumping myself, this is awesome, <laughs> to administer God's love practically and supernaturally to the world around us. Turn with me if you have your Bibles, or for some reason, if you have the Passion Translation available. I'm going to read out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. Paul says, it is the same Holy Spirit who continues to distribute many different varieties of gifts. Continues to. He's given them away. The Lord Yahweh is one, and he is the one who apportions to believers different varieties of ministries. The same God distributes different gifts of miracles that accomplish different results through each believer's gift and ministry as he energizes and activates them. Each believer is given continuous revelation by the Holy Spirit to benefit not just himself, but all. Just go back to that, verse 7. Each believer is given. I touched on this a little last week, but I want you to really sink in. This is for all of us. Revelation is not just for pastors and church leaders and students, right? It's not just anyone studying. Revelation is for anybody. Revelation is from God himself for us, for all of us. We hear from the same God. He speaks to us because we are his children. He looks at us the same way. He adores all of us. So he wants to lavish us with these gifts and this revelation. Back to scripture. Sorry, bit of a rabbit trail. (laughs) Told you I'm ADD. The spirit gives to one the gift of the word of wisdom. To another, the same spirit gives the gift of the word of revelation, knowledge, And to another, the same Spirit gives the gift of faith. And to another, the same Spirit gives gifts of healing. And to another, the power to work miracles. And to another, the gift of prophecy. And to another, the gift to discern what the Spirit is speaking. And to another, the gift of speaking different kinds of tongues, languages. And to another, the gift of interpretation of tongues. Verse 11, remember... It is the same Holy Spirit who distributes, who activates, and operates these gifts as he chooses for each believer. I love the way that translation puts it. It really brings to life this passage. Although this passage is amazing on its own, we could all agree. But I just love the wording of the Passion Translation. It makes it so much more palatable and like easier to understand and grasp but as I was thinking about it, I was talking to God about how do we look, how do we look at gifts? I feel like so many often, you know, it's, it's like often believers, we look at spiritual gifts as like our spiritual equipment, right? 
It's our spiritual equipment to do our Christianly duty, if that's even a word, right? Christianly. We could put in the Christianese dictionary, right? But the reality is spiritual gifts are an expression of Jesus Christ here on earth. They are expression of the living God. We're going to touch on this a little more. I already read through in Corinthians some of the gifts. Now, this is just like a small list, okay? We have wisdom, faith, miracles, knowledge, discernment, teaching, giving, generosity, serving, leadership, encouragement, mercy. The list goes on. Now, as many of us would notice, if we're familiar with these, familiar or not, no two gifts look exactly the same. Same gift, same spirit, different expression, right? They don't look exactly the same because God hasn't created us exactly the same. So often when, let's say, my wife is operating in a gift and I'm, God, I want to see you move like that through me. How come you're not doing the same thing? How come I'm not getting the same words of knowledge that she's getting? How come it's a little different with me? How Maybe I'm just getting like one word and it's really random all the time. Right? Come on, am I the only one that thinks this stuff? Y'all are looking at me way too seriously right now. Right? This is the way we do it. But God has created us different. God has created us uniquely. So, of course, these are expressions of same spirit, same God, same gift, different expression. Right? See, we're made in his image. We're all made in his image, but we're unique. You look around the room. All made in God's image, but we're unique. Gifts are the same way. Same essence. Different expression. Gifts are the same way. It's the same essence. Different expression, how they're, they're actually navigated through. So how, how, do we, how do we do this, Craig? Like, how does this work? How do we even get these, right? I'm going to bring you through the whole gamut, if that's cool today. So we just read through 1 Corinthians 12, right? They're gifts. The Spirit gives these to us. But... For us to really gain a holistic perspective on this gift, these gifts, I want to dig in a little deeper into when Paul would have been communicating this to the church in Corinth. Now, of course, the language that he was using at that time was Greek. The words in Scripture, the Greek words that he would have been using throughout this passage and throughout Romans 12 as well with other gifts is charisma or is charismata. It's a singular and plural of it. So charisma and charismata. Now the root word charis is grace. So unmerited favor. Unmerited. We don't deserve it. There's nothing that we've done that could get it. So charisma means the gift of grace. That's actually what, the way Paul communicated it. This gift of grace or when you use charismata, it's plural, these gifts of grace. Changes perspective a little when you hear it that way. It's a gift of grace. So these gifts are all given to us by grace. We have not, nor like, will we earn these. We haven't earned them in the past. We won't earn them in the future. They are gifts of grace because God loves us so has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with our perspective. It has nothing to do, sorry, has nothing to do with our upbringings. It has nothing to do with the church that you go to. 
Although I'm biased, and I think that house that Seth is pretty amazing. Thank you, Lord. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 2 puts it this way. He says, God gave gifts according to his own will. But we don't like that as human beings. We like to fully understand things, right? And we like to be able to teach these things as well. So to teach, we need to have kind of something very structured. Meanwhile, God's saying, like, give up, because you'll never be able to explain this, and you're not going to understand it. This isn't for you to understand. You just need to understand what you have is charisma, is charismata. I've given these to you. They're gifts of grace. Now, the grace gifts, spiritual gifts, the word that we always use, I'm going to just keep using gifts of grace. These gifts of grace are not evidence of how spiritual we are. Let that one sink in. These gifts, the grace gifts, the spiritual gifts, our spiritual gifts are not evidence of how spiritual we may be. They are evidence of the grace that we have received. Given freely. Grace. Unmerited. Nothing that we've done. God says, I'm going to give you this. I'm going to give you that. And I just want to just kind of throw this out. Next week and week after, we're going to dig into these gifts a little more in depth. But just for like record's sake, we won't get into a big doctrinal d- debate. But for people that are just like, oh, I don't know if I have any. I don't know. Everybody has at least one. At least at, I'm just going to, at least, you kind of get where I'm going with this. At least one. You just may not know what it is yet. And that's okay. We're going to get there. We're going to work it out in the next couple weeks. We're going to do this journey together. But I want you to think about for a moment, if you will, a gift that's been given to you. Something that's been given to you, right? Let's say, Lee, I just gave you this bottle of water. Put it off to the side and, you know, great, tastes good. But then Lee also has a bottle of water that maybe he's worked for this week and he's had to save up a little bit for. And he has that bottle as well. So I want to just address this for a moment because I really believe that this is important. Is something that's been given to us versus something that we work for or we earn. Why is it that the latter is the one that we value most Often gifts that are given to us are precious and there's some nostalgia thing, you know, that carries with it. But society today, when we work for something and we earn it, that's something we're proud of. That's something we cherish because I worked hard for that, right? There's blood, sweat, and tears that went through this. Why is it that we treat things like that? I believe that we treat gifts in the same way, spiritual gifts, these gifts of grace in the same way. Because, God, you've given this to me. But then so often believers want to be like, well, I want to study this, this, and this, and then I'm going to really camp here and spend loads of time reading every single book I can about the prophetic or whatever it is, and that's, that's all I want. And I'm going to work hard to this, or I'm going to work hard and fully grasp all the you know, theories of atonement and all this theology and heavy theology. Like, if you go in my library, all I have is systematic theology and all the biggest N.T. Wright books that you could get your hands on, Right? And the stuff that you want to work for. When meanwhile, God is like, I've given you something so precious and so massive. You just need to receive it and cherish it. It's a gift of grace. 
See, where we get kind of, gets a bit foggy is that we start to find our worth in these gifts. As we accomplish more, we see God move through us. It's kind of we take it on as our identity. I have the gift of this. That's my gift. That's me. That's Craig, right? We kind of do this, but the thing is, gifts, they, they identify us. They should not be our identity. You get that? Gifts identify us as a child of God, as a son or a daughter of the Most High. They identify us that the Holy Spirit is moving through us, that we're walking in sync with God himself. But they should never be our identity. In 1 Corinthians 12, Paul says, just as a body, the one has many parts, so it is with Christ. So many of us, we all play a part. We all play a part. That's who we are. We're sons and daughters. We're part of the body of Christ. We're part of this body of believers, the church. So we all bring something unique to the table that when joined together is something beautiful. Just beautiful like woven tapestry. Something that's meant to be unified. Something that's meant to operate together. I'm going to read out of Romans 12, 4 through 8 in the Passion Translation again. Verse 4, in the human body there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function, and so it is with the body of Christ. For though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we all vitally joined to one, we're all vitally, excuse me, joined to one another, with each contributing to the others. How good is that? God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. If you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. I think a few of you need to hear that last verse again, verse 8. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, then use it, what does it say? Often. Use it often to encourage others. We might think amazing things about people and so-and-so is so awesome, but why don't we tell them? We might have this idea like, oh, they're so consistent and like, man, they're such a blessing. Like, I get so built up when I'm around them. They have such a gifting on their lives. But then we just keep it to ourselves. Let us be a people that speak out and speak life into people. Amen? Verse 9. If I can find myself. Here you go. If you have the grace gift of giving to, to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity with any fanfare. If you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. Flourish. Flourish. We're joined to one another which each, with each contributing to the other. Our gifts are not just for us. In fact, they've never were about us from the get-go. So what do they do? Why do we have them then? 
our gifts model and point people to Jesus' family? If we operate in this whole room, if we operate in our gifting that we've been given, we are the body of Christ. We are an image of Jesus Christ to the world, an image of unity in Christ. And why is that? Because Jesus displayed all of these gifts. In his wholeness, in who he was, he displayed every single spiritual gift that we could ever have. He's all of it. And so when we operate together, we're operating as his body. Together we represent him. It's not on our own. We, like, granted, yes, we do. We do, like, we go out and we will share the gospel. We will pray for people and people will be healed and we'll give people words and prophetic words and whatever it may be. We'll see miracles. But together, we represent Jesus as a whole. We bring God glory. Ephesians chapter 4 says, gifts are for equipping of the saints. Look around in this room. It's to equip and encourage everybody in this room. It's for building up of the body. It's to unify us. It's actually indirect, well, not indirectly, but as a result, we grow as well when we're operating in our gifts. When we step out in faith and we move in our gifting, we grow. 1 Peter 4.10 says, Therefore, one another. 1 Corinthians 12.7, again, Paul says, Therefore, the common good. He says, Each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given. Manifestation, long word for some of you. Actually, the, the original Greek in this, it meant to shine forth and make known. So each one of you has been given a measure of the Spirit of God to shine forth and make him known to this world. How beautiful is that? I really believe, too, that when we walk in this and we walk in sync with Holy Spirit and we are activating these gifts, in essence, we're really living our calling out within community. So often we're trying to search for our calling, but the reality is if we hang in community and we operate in our gifting, hello, demystified, right? There's something to that. That's who you were meant to be. That's who you were created to be. Everything else is just a bonus. Everything else is just added on, right? It's the overflow of that. How good is God? That's amazing. I love how Paul, in the end of chapter 12, he says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And we're going to go through these the next couple weeks, but I want you to hear this. He says, now eagerly desire them. He doesn't say, flee from them like, like it's a play. As soon as you see someone, oh, dang, they're weird, man. Like, let me get away from them. You're like, you know when someone's got a word from you, you're like dodging them. You're like, they, they like beeline and they just see you across the room. Or you got your bright red prophecy sweater on and they're going to come right over to you. And then you're just like, oh. I'm going to like act like I'm tying my shoe with my boot. I don't know. I'm hiding, right? Oh, man. Desire them. Don't run from them. Love is the foundation of gifts. There's a... Love is the means, Right? We love others, and that's why we're going to operate in these gifts, but then it also allows others to understand how loved they are by God, for them to experience love. 
And if love is the reason behind this, then love should be our agenda and our drive with our charisma, with our charismata, right? To share these, to operate in these on a daily basis. I'm going to jump, if any of you have your Bible, quickly we'll go to 1 Corinthians 13. No, you're not at a wedding. <laughs> the most quoted passage right in history. It's funny, too, because we were at a wedding the other night, Amory and I, and they definitely read this. But it's okay. Like, we read it at ours. We read it at Lee and Jules's. Everybody's, right? Throw your hands up if you read Corinthians 13 at your wedding. Uh, verses 1 through 3. Hear this. I want this to sink in. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, it would be awesome. But do not have love? I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, which would be amazing as well, but do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I do not have love, I gain nothing. Verse 8. Love never fails, but where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. Verse 13, and now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. We're not a cessationist church. We fully believe that the gifts of the Spirit are alive and well. Because our God is alive and well. Amen. But love needs to be the platform. God's already given it to us because we've experienced and we've received this charisma by way of love. Love should be the platform that we operate in our gifting. Peter in 1 Peter 4 says, Above all, I love this, this is a passion translation. He says, Constantly echo God's intense love for one another. So good. Constantly echo God's intense love for one another. Can I invite the worship team on up? So how, how does this work, Craig? I know, like I said, we're just scratching the surface. We're going to go into this week in, week out, next few weeks. But really felt like God simplified things for me and gave me this natural, I'm just going to call it the natural rhythm of spiritual gifts. And it's just three parts. It's like this circle. And the first step is awareness. There's a realization of the gifts and how God operates. We have a realization that obviously we have gifts, but then a realization of what we, God might have gifted us with. So that's this awareness, awareness step. The next step would be acknowledgement. The definition of acknowledge is to recognize authority or the status of. When we acknowledge the gifts that we have, we're acknowledging the authority that God has given us. So you've, there's an awareness, there's recognizing it, then there's, there's an authority I have. 
there's these gifts that I have, that these grace gifts that have been given to me specifically. And the final one of this whole flow is activation. Activate. We need to make these gifts, gifts active. Last week I got this envelope in the mail and I've been waiting for this gift card. Well, it's a gift card, it's a rebate. They hate when you get a rebate, especially a massive one. It takes ages to get to you, right? This is like four months later. I was that guy that was waiting. I was just like, there's a lot of money. Come on, I need this. And it came in and comes in. It's like a, you know, debit credit card style. And it has that sticker on the front. And of course, I opened it when I got the mail. I like ran up to our apartment, got the mail. Sweet, it came in. I was like, I'm going to throw it in my wallet. And then I see the sticker and I was like, stupid sticker. <laughs> I don't have time to call. I have to be somewhere. I wonder if you've ever done that. Have you ever received one of those and new debit card or credit card and it's just sat? Because we all know how hard it is to dial those like 888 numbers, right? <laughs> Well, I gotta do this, I gotta do all the prompts, and I gotta sit there and type the number in. I don't know if it's gonna be someone or if it's just gonna be automated service. I don't know how long it's gonna take. And like, I got stuff to do, I'll just do it when I have free time. But for me to, in order for me to receive that gift, I had to activate it. I really believe the same goes for us with our spiritual gifts, with our gifts of grace. For us to fully receive that measure, it needs to be activated. We need to activate that. Now, earlier on, I, I kind of gave us these, this list, this general list of some gifts, right? What I want to point out is because there's so many websites and they're amazing. They help people out. All this, you know, spiritual gift tests and all these things, whatever. It's amazing to a degree. But what I want to tell you is that these lists, these lists are meant to assist and to inspire. They're not meant to limit and discourage you. See, because what happens is we box God in and we box ourselves in as well. We see these gifts and we're like, I don't know if I fit on this one, so maybe I don't have any gifts. Stop. You do. And we look at it sometimes and we look at those lists and we're like, God's it's just limiting me. There's more I want to do. No, it's, it's, it's not that God is limiting you. See, it's, the truth is that he is endlessly creative and he really, he doesn't intend to produce the same result over and over and over and over again. We're all uniquely created, right? Different. So, so why should God moving through each one of us be black and white when he created us in full color? Church, I believe that the greatest obstacle that we face right now is between our two ears. It's our mind. It's our own intellect. It gets in the way. It absolutely gets in the way. Because we want to operate in these gifts. We want to see God move. We hear God speak to us, but then our mind fires off. No, oh, no, I mean, it wasn't, wasn't God. Maybe it needs to look like this. Maybe it needs to look like that, right? 
Or just, this is really uncomfortable. I have never been in this place before. I'm, I'm just going to stay out of this. Uncharted waters, right? We need to rationalize. We need to fully understand, even though it's God himself that created the heavens and the earth, and earth is rotating and doing all these things, and he breathed the stars into the sky, all this. But we seem to have this need to fully understand him still. Can we commit today as a church, as a family, as the body that will step out of our comfort zone today and step into the grace that has been bestowed upon us and allow God himself to move through us. Amen? Let's worship.